Bob, you were just telling me subject matter X sounds like something. When I when I think the name in my head, yeah. I think of a Bruno Mars song. Like like subject matter X. Woo! Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> Twenty-four karat magic. I'm gonna I hope, hope yeah. Uh yeah. Is it, would it be like I, I don't know, 128 karat bit audio or so I don't know, that's too nerdy for me. So today we have Neil Patel. Neil Patel on the show. Uh, this is a guy I've been following for a very long time. I, I, I think like if if you if you're in the tech space, like, and if you haven't heard of Neil Patel, yeah, it's kind of hard know, not to know who he is. I don't know like where you're living online under a really huge old computer digital rock, <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, yeah, like underneath a Cray supercomputer or something like that. Um, what a fascinating dude. And some unexpected answers, really raw. Yeah. Like honest. And I just, oh that's man, actually what I like most it. about, um, Neil in this show is like, sometimes when you talk to people that have, you know, made, made a large name for themselves and are known very well in the industry, they, they kind of have to like put this pony and show show pony what is it what am i looking for right we talk all the time show pony a show and pony a dog and pony show <laughs> is that what it is i'm gonna buy you a dictionary or a thesaurus for your birthday next year. do you know what i'm talking about uh kind of yeah a dog and pony show yeah i've heard it before whatever anyway like he he was just raw and honest and sometimes gave answers that really we were not expecting because he wasn't trying to hide or put anything you know yeah. Side, the fact that like we're talking to Neil Patel, which I love, I really respect. And he he is also like very simultaneously humble, yeah. but also knows exactly what he brings to the table, and it kind of shines through in his answers. Yeah, and so, I really dig that. Just in case if you guys don't know, um, Neil's the co-founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and most importantly, like a large company, Kiss Metrics, huge company. Um, and you know, we we cover a lot of things during the episode. We talk about um, you know what is one marketing myth that he wants to bust. What is a you know a book that he recommends? You know those soft questions. But then we get into like actually hard questions about you know what tactical errors do companies make when creating content, things like that, um, which are super insightful, very actionable, and again honest and raw. I don't even want to tease too much about this episode. I just want people to Ooh. dive in with us and listen. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Subject Matter X. My name is Todd Stewart. And I'm Bob Khaleesi. Thanks for joining us. And we're thrilled. Um, I'm, I'm personally thrilled to have Neil Patel on the show. Um, Neil, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, full disclosure, you, you've been been a, a role model to me in the marketing space for for quite some time now. Um, you've 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 helped really kind of guide my mindset, how I think about marketing, how I think about digital marketing, and um, yeah, we're just we're we're pumped to hear your story and also kind of dive into the marketing side of of 2019 and and what everybody should be aware of. Cool, I'm excited. So we'll um we'll get it started. So here's here's what we know about you first. Uh, you are a uh, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, your book Hustle: The Power to Change Your Life uh, with Money, Meaning, and Momentum. Uh, the Wall Street Journal called you a top influencer on the web. Forbes said you are one of the top marketers around. Uh, 
President Obama recognized you as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 30. Uh, you are the co-founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, Kiss Metrics, all marketing powerhouses. Um, you speak a handful of languages. Is that true? Not really. I speak Spanish, Gujarati, English. I understand some Portuguese. Not enough. I understand very little Swahili. How did that come to be of, of learning all those languages? Spanish, you had to take it in high school or junior high, took it for both. Uh, we have an office in Brazil, so I speak, I don't speak that well Portuguese or fluently, but uh, I understand it enough because once you've been there like 20 something times, and it's similar to Spanish uh, in many ways, it was not too hard. Um, Gujarati, I'm Indian of, in descent, so my parents speak it. My dad was born in Uganda, so some of the words and phrases and stuff like that over time that he was saying, I learned were Swahili and not Gujarati. What's something uh, that, that people may not know? Uh, what, what's like a, a fun fact? Fun fact, uh, my favorite thing to do is Netflix and chill. And I'm not talking about Netflix and chill like people are like, you know, when they're getting all romantic on the dates. I'm talking about like actually watching Netflix and chilling on, you know, eating some like, Hagen does ice cream. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which I want to ask more. Uh, what you're binging on Netflix or what's your favorite Hagen does flavor? So my, my favorite Hagen does flavor is mint and chip. Um, and it's when I say Netflix and chill, it's not just Netflix, but like my favorite show of 2018 was Jack Ryan. I'm looking yes. at okay. Jack Ryan in 2019. I agree. Currently, I'm watching Enemy Within, which I believe is on NBC. I also watch Manifest, and I'm watching SEAL Team. SEAL Team comes back on in March. Um, yeah, that's on CBS, right? Yeah. I watch a ton of TV, but what's crazy is I also work <laughs> a lot. Like I work like 70-plus hours a week. I need the TV to work. So if I don't have the background going, and it can't be music, it has to be television, I don't work uh, productively. Well, so a lot of people have like that with the coffee shop, right? Like there's these websites that play coffee shop background noise. Yeah. So you just need the Netflix or Hulu or whatever TV background noise. And I'll have to watch something three or four times before I know it's happening because I'm typically working and not really watching. But nonetheless, those are the shows. So to give no, you an idea, really I'm like three weeks behind on Manifest and I've watched those three weeks worth of shows probably like 10 times and I still haven't really <laughs> not paying attention. Oh, I love it. That's and, great. And, and is this too much to assume that you've seen the Firefest documentaries? I have. I saw the one nice. on Netflix. I didn't see the one on Hulu because I found that the one on from my research, the Netflix one was better. So I was like, all right, why well, watch both then? Yeah, I agree. Quality on Netflix is better, but they're both fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Or is it different on Hulu, like drastically different? Uh, it looks different. The storyline is very similar, but it goes a little bit more into, is that the fuck Jerry one or is that the, I don't know. I didn't see the Hulu one. Oh, uh, you haven't seen that one. One, no. one is put on by, um, put on by Billy. Like you fund him if you watch it. And the other one is the fuck Jerry team. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm guessing um, the Netflix one isn't funding him because nowhere there. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's the Hulu one, but so Neil, let's, let's dive into your career. Cause it's a fascinating one. Um, but let's start all the way back at the beginning, uh, in your childhood. Were, uh, were you always an entrepreneur uh, or is this something that evolved? Yeah. Well, 
I started out when I was young and I was trying to find a good paying job when I was 16. I couldn't find one or 15 and a half, whatever you want to call it. Let's say 16, let's round up. I wanted to find a really good paying job, couldn't find one. So what I decided to do was build my own job website and become an entrepreneur. And not because I wanted to solve a massive problem that people around the world face. I became an entrepreneur because I wanted to be rich. Wrong reasons, but that's how I got started. So you, you said, I'm going to become an entrepreneur to become rich, but then you went to college. I feel like that's well, the, I, the reverse for a lot of people. Yeah. So I became an entrepreneur because I want to make a hundred grand a year. That was my dream. Okay. And then one day maybe work for Microsoft, uh, you know, cause I want to make money in between, but I went to college because I come from Indian descent and my parents were like, no good Indian girls can ever marry you unless you get a college degree. I, I'm married. I'm not married to India and they're happy. My parents don't really care who I married. Um, <laughs> that was their motive back in the day when I was a lot younger. So you went to college, you got your degree in marketing. Um, was that where your interest in marketing began or did it start after, before? No, I was doing marketing before college. I was making good money okay. in high school. I was doing around 20 a month doing marketing for other people. Uh, 20 grand thousand. Uh-huh. Wow. And I had not really bad, not bad for a high schooler. Yeah, I didn't really have too many employees, some, or technically no employees. So my cost was low, my profit was high. Uh, I ended up eventually losing all that money plus more. It's a different story, different day. Uh, nonetheless, you know, I got into marketing in college because I was doing computer science. They make you take lab classes, so I'm like, man, you get the same amount of credits, but you got to go to school this much longer. I'm like, screw this shit. So then I was like. <laughs> Marketing, that sounds like an easy major. And I was already doing it. I should have picked communications because I found that one was even easier. What what kind of marketing were you focusing on though? You're pulling in twenty thousand dollars a month. Like what what are you doing? SEO pay-per-click management. Oh, nice. Okay. So so this was like right at the beginning where if you had that knowledge, like you were one of the few people that kind of knew how to work this system. Yeah, there was still a decent amount of people playing in the space at the time. But yeah, I didn't get in that early. When did your interest in in marketing, like skyrocket, what is it? Was it at the point where you realized that you could make like a, a, a real successful career out of this? No, when I had the job board, I paid a few agencies and from being broken, frustrated because they provided no results. I had no choice but to learn it on my own. I learned it. I got good at it. And it was like a drug for me. You know, I, I don't do drugs, but it was my version of cocaine or heroin. Uh, and I'm not trying to make jokes out of drugs or anything because i know you know it's problems and a lot of people have issues that they can't control uh but more so i was just addicted to marketing like someone would be addicted to a drug and and so that that job board that was advice monkey correct it failed miserably didn't know how to make money you know you get traffic didn't think about taking money online i should have but didn't and then at what point did you turn around and start crazy egg because that was your next venture correct yeah, because after that, what ended up happening is we're doing marketing for all these companies and they were just like, man, you know, we don't understand why people, some people buy and some people don't. So Crazy Egg was a visual way that helped make the data easier to understand so we can help people boost people's conversion rates. And then from there, why Kiss Metrics? Kiss Metrics was Crazy Egg 2.0. The investors didn't want to invest in Crazy Egg, but they wanted to spin out Kiss Metrics and create a company off of it. So, so that was specifically just because investors said, let's spin this off. Yeah, they didn't care for the crazy concept. They liked the Kiss Metrics. And I'm not saying crazy is a good venture-backed business. I'm just saying that's what they wanted to do. 
Kissmetrics would have been a bigger business. Um, we got a lawsuit early on, a class action lawsuit in the FTC investigation. We passed mm -hmm. the FTC investigation. We settled the class action lawsuit because it was cheaper than fighting it. All the acquisition offers, you know, went away. No one was interested. And I'm not saying the acquisition offers would have went through. It was just the people who are interested all went away early on. The revenue started tanking and uh, the company never reco uh, recovered, right? That lawsuit and FTC investigation really screwed up the company. So you were you were building both of these companies, and they they were they were growing and they were thriving. I mean, both both like I, I come from the marketing background, and Crazy Egg and Kissmetrics are are well known names, like brand names. Um, so the bigger, company, but yeah, but the companies are they're growing, they're thriving. Um, you know, did, at at any point, did you think? And and I think entrepreneurs face this. Um, did you ever think like, oh man, like this this thing could fail? Uh, not really. I'm very optimistic and I'm really numbers oriented. So I'm like, oh, here's how many leads. Here's average closing rate of my best rep. If I had X more cut costs here, here's the profitability. I'm like, I could be rich. You know, like that's the way my mind works. I'm not saying that's right either. Uh, I was much younger at that time, but even still today, my mind works to that extent quite largely minus the rich part. What is the luckiest break? that you feel like you've had in the span of your career? Ooh, luckiest break. I don't think I've had anyone like one lucky, amazing break. I've just done enough things where it all has worked out. I don't think there's like been one aha moment. You just keep cranking along, take the licks and eventually sometimes things go your way. You're in college, you're building crazy egg 60 hours a week right you're speaking at conferences um you're a full full-time student how are you maintaining balance and some semblance of harmony in your life while you're doing all of this oh i never really went to school so i went to cal state fullerton i'm not trying to talk crap on my school but i looked at the mean and median sat scores i knew that i was i did better than I'm trying to say it in a nice way. I'm like, I, I did better than most of the people who attended by far. So I knew that if I didn't read a textbook, I would perform better than at least half the student body. And it being a state run school, I knew they can't fail 50% of their students each year. See, that's, there's that analytical. That's an, I was just going to say that there's the analytical. I, I, I love it. Um, you know, but but you are you're 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 working like crazy, um, building these these companies, these successful companies. Did you ever experience any type of burnout where you struggled with like wellness or just just health? No, I just crank. You love what you're doing. You keep pushing forward. Okay, I gotta know what like what what are you doing? Because that that's such a mindset that I think few people few people have. Just that that perseverance to just continue to push forward, like. Take, take me take me into that. Like, like, what are you thinking? What are you doing on a day-to-day? -day? Well, you have to keep in mind, my first job was picking up trash and cleaning restrooms. My parents migrated here. My mom was a teacher. She would walk to school with my sister and I a few miles each way, taught for free for like six months until they would pay her. So I had the mentality of I can always go broke. I still have that mentality. So I just mm -hmm. work hard because I'm afraid of going broke. All right, Neil, let's switch gears a little bit uh, and talk about marketing. Okay. What are the skills that you think marketers need today 
that they didn't a year ago? The big skill is creativity. So before you could just be analytical and get stuff done and look at the data and keep adjusting, but there's just so much competition now. If you're not creative and you can't figure out how to get things done in a more unique uh, way that's more cost efficient and time efficient, you're just not going to do that well. And, and sometimes it's out of the box thinking and just being able to analyze numbers and be like, this is off or this is good. Spend more here. Like that doesn't solve your problems because now you're dealing with people who can spend time times more than you and they're venture back. You have companies like Blue Apron who are struggling and yeah, they should struggle because their user economics don't work out. Can, can you give me an example of somebody something that you've seen recently where somebody was just beyond creative and broke through that noise? Yeah, so it was at affiliate marketing and I was giving a talk and people in there were selling VPN solutions. So I was giving the audience idea. I was like, look, if you're going to sell VPN solutions, this is a very aggressive approach, but this is an example of creativity. I was just like, I would have an ad being like, hey, this is your, you know, I'm like, uh, I would have an ad about something really like privacy and security, your data could be stolen, yada, yada, yada. And the landing page would be like, you're based in Los Angeles, California. This is your computer's IP address. You have a iMac or a MacBook Pro and you're browsing, you're visiting the site using Google Chrome. And it is 1.13 in your time. They're like something like getting so specific. I'm like, people can collect a ton of data on you. You think this is scary? There's so much more data people have on you that you don't know. Want to protect mm. yourself? Use a VPN. Click here to download, right? Like that's an example of being creative. A company is starting to uh, invest in content because I personally hear all the time, it's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I want to invest in, in my content marketing. I want to build up my strategy. Uh, and they're really starting from scratch. Like, like they're just, they're just building a blog, but they don't, they don't know what the, the world of Google looks like. They don't really know what the, the world of content marketing looks like. And so if, if a company came to you and said, hey, Neil, like I, I'm starting to do this, what would you say as far as like things they should focus on for a foundational level? It's all about first figuring out the right type of content that your audience wants to read. So I would just talk to people in my space and find out, hey, what do you want to read? What do you want to end up learning? And then I would do keyword research. And there's a ton of tools. You can use Google Keyword Planner. I have a free one called Uber Suggest. You can end up piping in keywords, come up with content ideas, look at keywords that aren't that competitive from a search perspective, have a high cost per click, because that means the keywords convert more if it's a high cost per click, and has good volume. And it'll take some time to find those keywords, but once you do, start creating content around them. And then yeah. I'll type in competitor URLs into like Uber suggests, and you can see their top pages and all this kind of stuff and their traffic all for free. And then just go and replicate what your competition is doing, but do it 10 times better. Okay. So now, now flip that on its head. Are, are there tactical errors that you see marketing teams and companies making when they want to improve their, their overall content marketing? The big mistake that I'm seeing is people think that if they just write tons and tons of content, they'll do well. And that is a big <laughs> misconception because there's over a billion blogs, which means that's too many blogs out there considering there's roughly what, 7 billion people. So what we need to do or what they need to do is create amazing content that people haven't seen before. The other thing too is now Google has so many blogs and sites to choose from. If you aren't 
creating the freshest and latest information, you're not going to do as well as you want. Like they're not going to keep ranking outdated information. How, how quickly, how quickly does that uh, start to drop off? So a company say they take a little hiatus from updating their content oh, anymore. You'll see it within three to six months at the latest. Mm, got it. And like drastic, drastic decrease in numbers. Eh, it depends per industry, but it can range sometimes five, 10, 15%, sometimes 30, 40%. Sometimes you wait a year or two and they're like at 80% of where they were. Let's dive into a little hypothetical here. Um, if you've got $10,000 in the bank uh, to acquire new customers specifically, how would you spend it and why? I wouldn't. I would just go find someone who already has my customers and see if they can upsell my product or service to their customers. So you'd hold on to the 10000 That That is a, a different approach that people have not taken. Pe people immediately try to spend. Yeah, I don't try to spend. I try to spend as the last resort. So when when was the last time that that you tried something totally new in your marketing strategy that that really you've never done before, and and did it work and did it succeed or did it fail? That's a tough one because we try new stuff every single week. Either it works or fails, but we don't really look at it that. We just keep experimenting. How do you form those hypotheses that you want to test? We don't roll out that. We don't formulate those hypotheses. We just go and test random shit that we see other people doing that's cool and we'll either find out if it works or it doesn't. We just keep it really simple. Yeah, in general, you could form all these hypotheses and figure out what you want to work on and not. But I'm really good at executing. So I'm like, uh, instead of thinking about it, let me just execute and do more of the shit that works and do less of the stuff that doesn't. <laughs> all right. So I, I think some people might listen to that though because um, where, where they have these kind of strict... I, I, you know, I have a hypothesis and then I, I test it. I, I run the test for a while and then I go back to the drawing board and analyze the data. And it's this very like systematic process. And I think when they listen to this and they just say like, and and they hear you say, oh, I just, I just test and I go, I test and I go and I test and I go. Um, you know, what, what would be advice to, to somebody who wants to have this kind of faster, leaner mentality similar to you? Execute, focus just on getting shit done. Like seriously, create checklists being like, what do I need to do each day to get stuff done and have it a productive day? Like it really is that simple. No excuses. Just go and get it done. I don't know why people can't get stuff done. They think through, they read all these books. I'm like, man, you got jack shit done. I don't care how smart you are. Your business isn't making any more money. You've been doing this for two years. Oh my gosh. I love this. Even podcasts. Right, so now that you just podcast. stop listening to my podcast, go and do shit. If you don't know, what to do, <laughs> then listen to my podcast or your podcast, get ideas and go do shit. But let's be frank, listening and learning. And if that's all you do and you become a brainiac and you don't implement anything, it's useless. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So you've got to find that balance. Yeah. I'm more on the execution over anything. Like I'm execute, execute, execute. All right. So now that we know you don't want people to read books, you want them to go do stuff instead. Um, the next question that I wanted to ask you makes not as much sense, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is one marketing book that you recommend and why? Other than yours, of course. Uh, one marketing book that I would recommend is Don't Make Me Think. So it's not really marketing. It's more design and usability. Marketing is becoming about the user and putting them first. Everyone's about tactics and strategies, which is great, but you can't forget about the users. How, how has that framed your, your mindset moving forward? Just try to make things as more usable as possible, create the amazing experience, and they'll keep coming back. You look at some of the best companies in the world, they didn't do the best marketing, they created the best products. Are, are there new tools that you've started using that, um, that you're liking? 
Not really. I haven't seen any cool tools in the latest like three to six months. Other than my own, Uber suggests, but that's because I'm trying a crazy experiment where I disrupt the market and just give away everything for free. But that would be a fun experiment. And we'll we'll link that down in the show notes. I actually I think that's a great tool that a lot of people should check out. Um what is one marketing myth that you want to bust? One marketing myth is making things more usable boost conversions. So like, for example, if I have a two-step form field instead of a one-step, typically I'll get 10% more conversions. But everyone else is like, no, nah, that's not as usable. You can't do that. Well, I'm like, well, I got 10% more leads. So, Yeah, why, why do you think that? Why? Micro-commitments. The moment you get people to give you a little bit like, man, I already gave you my name and email. All right, let me just give you the rest of my information. Mm. So it's sort of like when you pledge to a frat, it's like, oh, I already got, you know, three quarters of the way in. I might as well not quit now. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what is, what is one thing that, that you've seen, you've read, you, you, or, or you listen to that, that has helped shape your marketing knowledge over, over the years? Not one thing. It's been a combination of everything. Reading, learning, watching, paying attention to people in this world, traveling, seeing how people are in different regions, just taking everything has helped shape the way I view marketing and how I've learned everything. You mentioned that you like to model what you're doing after, you know, what other people have done before you. And you like to test and see if that'll work in, in your case. Um, is there any one specific person that you look at as like your marketing role model? No, um, I look at everyone. I believe I can learn from someone who's been doing marketing for 15, 20 years, as well as someone who's been doing marketing for one day, because everyone has a different perspective. And I don't believe years of experience or anything like that determines how good someone is. So I just try to look at everyone and learn from everyone. I like that. Okay. We have a couple, couple remaining questions. The first is I want you to put kind of your, your, your vision, vision hat on and what, what marketing trend is going to break soon. Something that is, is no longer going to be the, the hot topic. Chatbots. People still talk about chatbots. They're becoming less and less effective because so many people use them. I, yeah. Can I say something kind of controversial? I hate chatbots. I think they are really, really useless. Second it. <laughs> I, um, they're, I know that's an unpopular opinion. Cases. Like I, I like mobile monkey for Facebook messenger, right? So I think that works out great because it helps me get way more traffic from Facebook. Not the biggest fans of like a drift or an intercom. I'm not saying they're not bad ideas. Heck, we even use some of them because they work in generating more sales for a sales team. I'm just saying they're becoming less and less effective over time because everyone's using them. Well, and so in our last season, we actually talked to Justin Lee, who ran growth chatbots for HubSpot. And we talked a little bit about how people engage with these. Um, do you think they're becoming less effective because of how they're built out? Um, for example, yes. you know, a chatbot that acknowledges, hey, this is a bot versus one that tries to mimic real human interaction. Correct. It needs to be more humanized. And on top of that, everyone's doing it. So I'm not saying chat is messed up. Like tools like Drift and Intercom still work amazingly well the moment you have people manning them. The bot part is what's not working as well. Does that make sense? So I'm not yeah. saying chat is messed up. I'm saying chat bots. But, and that's the main reason in which they're just too automated. No one gives a shit to respond and communicate with them. They're just like, okay, I'm going to get a generic answer. You're going to be like, 
oh, okay, that sounds good. Uh, what's your email in case we get disconnected? Like, it's gonna. <laughs> yeah, and somebody just types their answer and is like, I just want to ask you a damn question. Exactly. Which I see all the time. Yeah. Well, I also think it's it's the it's the the people on the business side that just aren't maintaining it or making sure that that flow. To your point earlier about companies that succeed are ones that just make products that are badass and super easy to use. And sometimes when you interact with the chatbot, it's it's it's, it's harder to use than just communicating with a human and waiting. Totally agree. Final question. We we really we can't thank you enough, Neil, for coming on the show. Um, we want to know. A little bit about you, like after people work with you, what do you want them to know you for? I don't really care what people know me for. I just want people to be content in life and be satisfied. Oh my gosh. So the, the takeaway That's is care perfect. about yourself, not Neil. Yeah. I'm just another average Joe. It doesn't matter what I think. If you're happy in life and you're doing better and your business is growing, you're getting more traffic and you're excited, good for you. If you're not, then like you need to do something to improve your life. Like, don't worry what I think. Who cares about me? Or don't even worry about what people think about me. Just make sure you're first taking care of yourself and you're doing well. And if you learn from me and others or I help you or whatever it is, good. But keep learning more and keep executing and just getting better. And, you know, don't worry about image. I love that answer. Awesome. All right. When, when you're in Boston, we need to buy you a drink because that was a perfect answer. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again for everything, Neil. This was a great conversation. Um, for people who want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? My ad agency, Neil Patel Digital. My blog, neilpatel.com. All right. We'll throw those links down in our show notes. Thanks again for everything, Neil. Really enjoyed the conversation. Can't wait to publish this. Thanks, Neil. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Subject Matter X. Uh, if you liked it, we hope you did, please head on over to iTunes, give us a rating, uh, five stars if you think we deserve it, and subscribe to the uh, to the podcast for uh, all of the episodes that we have coming up. You can have them beamed straight to the listening device of your choice. We are on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts or Google Play for Podcasts, whatever it's called, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a whole host of others. Uh, or you can go find us directly at SoundCloud or our website, contentpair.com slash podcast. Um, if I missed one in there, you know, track me down on social media. Let me know and I'll add it next season. And every episode, like Bob just mentioned, is brought to you by Content Pair. We are a white glove platform that helps businesses create amazing content for their blog by pairing them with subject matter experts. So if you are a business looking for expert written content or you are an expert like many of the guests that come on our show uh, and you want to get your name, your voice, everything out there, just come on over to contentpair.com and sign up. Thanks so much for listening.